Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening. Excuse me. Yeah, that's how I'm you Tanya mean. Hathaway, and I'm your host with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told. Oh, my goodness gracious. It is Sunday, October 18, 2020. I'm here tonight with uh, with Tina Gertz, is uh, host, hosting the show with me tonight. Forgive me. Rough start. <laughs> Let's start over. No, not really. I won't put you through that. Um, Tina Gertz is here with me uh, co-hosting tonight as well. Tina, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming on and um, pulling up some research for us that we need and, and uh, everything that you're, you're doing. I mean, I guess I'd probably take up the whole show if I was to um, uh, talk about everything you've been doing um, and everything you've already done. And, of course, we've got Emily Barnes again as a, ske- a special guest with us tonight. How are you? Hey, take the shit. Hey. Hello? Uh, hey, mute your phone. Mute your phone. Hi, Tony. <laughs> how are you? Hi. Good. Thanks for thanks for showing up tonight. So we're good. Good to have you on. Thank you for what you're doing as well. Um, you know, if if you're from Oklahoma and uh, you're involved in, if you have a loved one in the system, uh, or you have been involved in advocacy, this is where we need you to be. And even if you're not, this is where we need you to be tonight on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio out of Oklahoma. We will be taking calls tonight, so let's jot down this number, 917-388-4520, And what you're going to do is you're going to press the number one. I um. You got to press the number one uh, when we are taking calls. We're not taking calls yet, um, but into the show in about fifteen twenty minutes we will be. Uh, okay, so what is going on in Oklahoma? Well, goodness gracious, what is not going on? What's not going on is the right things in uh, by ODOC, Oklahoma Department of uh, Corrections. Um, it is a monstrous mess. They're max. They're over capacity. They're not handling the COVID crisis correctly. I just heard from somebody the other day that recently five people just died in a, a particular facility, and uh, I, I mean this is this is just going hog wild. It really is. I have been looking through a, a document um, at Senate. Uh, 
www.oklahoma.gov, and it talks about reformatories and jails. And, um, you know, there's a couple different documents out there. There are things that are more specific towards the offenders, the prisoners themselves, and there are also things that are more specific to the treatment of uh, and the care and the discipline of the offenders and, you know, the inmates themselves. But before we go much further, I'm not an attorney, so I cannot be held liable, errors of content, or mistakes. But we're very open-minded here. I am the first person to make a correction if I am shown that I am incorrect. Um, So all things are always up for debate. Um, But that being said, neither myself, Marty Oakley, Stephen Burke can be held personally or professionally liable for any error of content. We're just so glad that you're here, and I want to say hi to my mom. Hi, Mom. Mom, I'm waving. I'm smiling. I love you, Mother. Thank you for your support. <laughs> uh, my mother, uh, at one time before she had uh, retired as a nurse, uh, she's 90 years old now, but she worked for some time um, when uh, we all moved to New Hampshire, um, or when they moved to New Hampshire. I, I was out of the nest already um, in a uh, county jail. And um, and I know that, like, when I have shared things with my mother, she is just so taken back by what we know that's happening in Oklahoma. And we know it happens in some other areas of the country, too. Um, it's not exclusive to Oklahoma. But um, just absolutely taken back by some of the abuses that I've shared. And I, I, I try to go gentle because... Who likes to hear that stuff, you know, but she cares and she listens and supports. So um, sometimes I, I do share that stuff. Um, but we like to share the good things, too, the things that are going right, good things. We did get that pause on the pilot program that was to take place with the GPS ankle monitors. Um, that being said, it is supposed to go forward now, supposedly, and and not just be volunteer, uh, a voluntary program, but now I guess it is supposed to be mandatory. Oh, boy. So we'll talk about that a little bit tonight, okay? Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the COVID. We're going to talk a little bit about the inmate abuse. And let's remember... The fight for justice against corruption is never easy and never will be. It exacts a toll on ourselves and our families, our friends, and especially our children. And in my case, according to Frank Serpico, the price we pay is well worth holding on to our dignity. So, um, whatever you do, hold on to your dignity. Hold on to your dignity. And that could mean if, you're, if you work in a facility and you know that that abuse or negligence is taking place, you can think seriously about whistleblowing. If you don't like what's going on, if you do not agree with the abuse, if you've seen it firsthand, if your life has been made very hard because you're being taunted and harassed by those that you're trying to stand up to to do the right thing, if you had to quit, 
because you couldn't be there and be a part of it, and still you're being harassed. We've had people coming forward and sharing this information with us. Um, be in touch. Injustice in Oklahoma at gmail.com. Injustice in Oklahoma at gmail.com. I will share some information with you if you're interested in thinking about whistleblowing because you, your protections as a whistleblower should be in place prior to coming forward. And certainly, if you quit, you cannot be considered a whistleblower. That being said, you do not want to put your life at risk ever, ever, ever. But there are protections, and it is a process. Consider it. Consider it. We need good people that are running these facilities, not the ones that are lining their pockets, with ego because they need the power lining their pockets with money as they uh, give the offenders things to um, make money off of or get to, you know, use. Um, and then the offender gets in trouble, but guard does a guard or they call them correctional officers. Well, are they correctional officers when they're incorrect? When they have gone through minimal training, there are some very, very good ones. There are some very, very good ones. Um, and they usually don't last because they won't be a part of it. We've just heard about um, a county jail very recently. Just heard about a county jail where there were two officers as well as the, the sheriff or the warden being arrested for abuse of um, inmates with that a uh, baby shark song, handcuffed with light, light, bright, uh, bright, bright lights, I, I believe it is, and very loud music for hours individually. Like this was their joke. They did this to a couple of different inmates. Um, that's not funny. It was a joke between the two guards, and their supervisor knew about it. And was that really funny when – that kind of abuse is happening to those that are being that are in jail or when it happens in these various facilities well there are penalties for cruelty for prison for prisoners there are there are penalties um, okaysenate.gov why don't you google it okaysenate.gov Prisons and reformatories. We'll go through some of those. We'll go through some of those tonight. But again, thank you for listening. And uh, Tina, why don't you give us, why don't you start by giving us uh, an update with what's going on with COVID in Oklahoma in the prisons? It continues to be out of control. Um, Let's see. There is Jackie Brannon. There's 386 inmates in quarantine and supposedly only 79 positive. Um, They're still mixing the um, negative and positive inmates, so it continues to go through. so what, what do you mean by that? Well, when you expose the negative 
positive, obviously more become positive. Right. Right. Or can transmit it to other negative people. Right. That's sure they become exposed. Right. We're hearing that from a lot of the prisons. Yep. Now you're okay. So you're hearing that from the inside. I, I know that I've seen, I've gotten some information too. I'll pull up that uh, has been shared with me. Um, but you're hearing that from the inside coming out. Correct. Correct. The inmates are saying that. Right. And so that could anything else at any other facilities? What does what does their actual website? Uh, o- uh, Oklahoma Department of Corrections website say compared to what um, <laughs> you're hearing from the inside? Well, the website doesn't show that there's that many positive cases. I don't right. believe that they're testing um, like they should be. Um, John Lilly Correctional Center has um, 389 in quarantine and only 38 positive. Why do they have so many in quarantine if there's only 38 positive cases? That's my question. Mm -hmm. And right now, North Fork has over, well over 1,600 in quarantine and supposedly only 86 positive cases. Yeah, I'm hearing I, the same thing. Yeah, I me find too, that me too. Me too. Leave. Um, yeah. Well, we know that. Um, yeah, we we know some things are pretty darn close to firsthand, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, and, and and that's you know that's not going to fly. That just that's not going to fly. Um, and and they're being held in these facilities for longer. Um, held in quarantine for longer than they should be, right? Um, and why is that? Well, sometimes because they're being lazy. We know that much mm-hmm. because we know there have been beds available at North Fork, but they're just not releasing. And so they're putting, you know, people at risk. They're putting inmates at risk. Inmates right. that are um, definitely more prone as well. So they're not discriminating with who they're putting at, at risk, okay? Um, they're, they just are um, anybody at, at risk. Uh, people that are, have lower immune systems, the aged, um, they, you know, so they're not being careful with if they actually didn't have beds, who they're uh, – Maintaining sharing the space with. Uh, it is just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Well, when I, when I read these numbers like that, 1650 in quarantine and only 86 positive, to me that just says they're throwing them in quarantine and not testing them because either they're positive or negative. And I understand you've got to wait a couple days for a test to go through, but for that many, that doesn't make sense to me. 
Right. And, I, you know, I believe that, you know, funds are provided for these tests, but what are they doing with the funds? What are they doing with the money if they're not getting tested? And I've heard a lot from several facilities anyways um, that they're not testing. They're not testing. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to finagle this? You, you know what? I want, I want transparency, darn it. I want to know why in their, on their page, if you go and you look up the annual reports for ODOC, the annual reports for Sentencing Act, okay, for just for this one, for the Sentencing Act, um, you're going to see there is an annual report for 2002, and it skips four years. Then there's one for 2006. And then it skips two years. There's one for 2008. Okay, you actually have one in 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, and then it jumps to 2014. Now, why don't I see 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19? They don't want us to know. Because they're hiding. They don't want us to know. They don't want us to know what they're really doing with the money. And there's nobody holding them accountable. And that's why this is going outside of Oklahoma. Where's the accountability? Now, they might not be mandated, that I haven't checked on yet, to, pro- to do an annual report every year. <laughs> um, but you know something? There's a lot of federal money that's made available. A lot of federal money. And I want to know why Oklahoma and the ODOC is dirt poor. I want to know why throughout our country it was recently uh, made you know, easily available to the public that Inmates are, for the most part, eligible for a stimulus check that they never got, that departments throughout the country did not let the families and the offenders know themselves. It's over $100 million. That's right, you heard me. $100 million that have been set aside for stimulus checks. That could go to help someone's defense if needed. It could go to help their loved one on the outside if they need the help. It can go to help pay for commissary so you actually don't have to eat food that is made with maggots ground up in a meat grinder. It can go for blankets that are not made out of threads, you know, that are, you know, it can go towards replacing an electronic device they are allowed to have that's been stolen from them, possibly during a transfer, right, Emily? Um, Why? Why are they broke? Why aren't they transparent? 
why is this abuse going on? And why don't they spend as much time trying to solve the problem as they do trying to cover it up? The, I can tell you, the abuse goes on because people out here are scared to speak up for their loved ones because they're worried about retaliation. That's a lot mm-hmm. of the problem. Why the abuse continues in the prisons because people are scared to speak up. They're, they're afraid yeah, you know that's what. to speak up on the inside. Yeah, they do. And then same thing on the inside. They get the guards pick on them. They get thrown into the hole. They get their cells ransacked whenever they want to. I mean, it's retaliation nonstop going on inside. And the retaliation but we out, Yes, but we out here have to stand up and defend them. If we don't defend the inmates, it's going to continue to go on. Okay. We have to be their voices. We have to fight this so that the abuse stops inside. Mm-hmm. They count on our fear and our silence. What, they count on our fear and our silence. But get, but guess what? Um, continuing to they do don't what has not worked. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we cannot continue to do, and that's why we're here. You know, is to expect a different result by doing the same thing over and over again. It's like being indoctrinated by the state of Oklahoma and the ODOC. You know, it's like you, you know. Did you know that there's there used to be um, in grocery stores there was this music in the background that it had subtle messages to get you to buy more food or to buy something. Well, that mm-hmm. was actually um, revoked um, because that's the, it's these mind games. There's all these mind games that are going on, and. Mm-hmm. It's just like the Pavlov's dog. You know, if you if you keep doing something the same way, the same way, the same way, and um, you know, you can train somebody to respond, right? Positive or it could be negative. Um, we cannot be trained to let this be okay. We cannot. Uh, making the phone calls, writing the letters, getting the responses that are blanket little responses that, you know, just basically say, you know, they've shoved you away. We need to see all that. We need to see your documents and your diary when you made the calls. We need to see the letters that you have sent for complaints and their reply or note that there is no reply. We need to see that. We need to see it. Why? Because... We are not going to just let it be okay as it has been for years and years and years. Oklahoma is so good at it. They were one of the last states, if not the last, uh, to go into statehood. Therefore, Oklahoma was this place where uh, people would run to, uh, if, if, if you didn't already live there, for for sanctuary from the crimes in other states and nobody could uh, could um, 
export them, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, or extricate them, um, because it was like, um, uh, you know, magical chairs. It was like sitting in that magical chair once you were, once you're in Oklahoma. That's your chair. No one's going to come and take you. Well, it is in statehood, but to the same that's going on. But it's by people who are running the state on the highest levels, and that's why this is happening on the lower levels where it does. And, you know, so far, been quiet on the end of uh, of the Senate uh, as far as discussions go. So we'll see how that goes. Marty just let me know, uh, our lovely producer from PS Radio Network, that uh, we have got David on the line. David, how are you? Thank you for calling in. Oh. David? David? Yes. yes. You're live and on the air with Tanya. Thank you, David, for calling. I know it sounds like you've got a busy household there, but let's see what we can hear from you. Appreciate your call. Yes, good evening, guys. How are you doing tonight? Great. How are you? Good. Doing well, man. Um, I was hoping to talk to you about the um, – the Democrat sort of agenda and what they're selling to the American people as far as Medicare for all and some of these larger programs and how they're kind of selling America like this fantasy that we can all have all these programs and just simply tax the rich and corporations and that'll pay for that. Okay. I, I just for your information, I mean, I have my own very, very strong opinion. So you can see my, my opinions on, uh, on my personal Facebook page, Tanya Hathaway, I try to keep um, politics, I try, I usually am pretty good at it, to keep politics out of the picture, but let's talk about the uh, the general, what you're, um, you know, I'm conservative, okay, I'm conservative, but here I am, this conservative that's, I'm standing up for a lot of liberals, right, you know, because yeah. corruption is corruption, you got to name the problem, Oklahoma is shameful, and they're a Republican state. Um, you know, they're shameful. Uh, it's absolutely shameful. Um, but let's talk about, uh, in general, what what, you're, what uh, you wanted to bring up and how this uh, how this comes into play for this show, if you can. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and thanks again for taking my call. Um, I'm sure you're aware of, and most people listening, of what we've been hearing during the election cycle, whether it's through Bernie Sanders. Elizabeth Warren and even now Joe Biden, this whole uh, narrative of if we simply raise taxes on corporations and on the 1%, we can have these massive social programs, whether it be Medicare for all, you know, paid leave, free college, so forth, the whole list that they put out. Um, right. And what I noticed is they oftentimes, yeah, exactly. And, and the thing I noticed is that they always, like Bernie Sanders, especially, he's famous for this, he always talks about, well, look at these Scandinavian countries and they're the example we could look to and we could have a system like theirs. And what I noticed is that they never, they never tell the American people the whole story when it comes to how people in Norway and Sweden and Denmark have these programs they have. 
and they don't tell them that people there who make fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year get taxed like fifty percent of their income, or that they mm-hmm. have what's called a twenty five percent VAT tax, which is kind of like our version of the sales tax on everything. Well, I've I've, so, I've spoken to I've gone to Montreal and, and places a number of times, and I know that you know, hey, what's your healthcare system like? Because we all hear how great it is. So it's great, except for if you have a serious disease, then you're screwed. Then right. you're screwed. Then you're going to die. Yep. And yeah. it's the same thing, right? They have a payroll tax. They they take out of everybody's check. And uh, and if we don't have, you know, there's no incentivizing big business to hire people. And and this is I got to leave it at this. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna I am gonna add my opinion because. I really do feel it's really important because a lot of people don't hear another side because um, because it's actually stifled uh, through much social media. Um, but if you don't have the big corporations that hire hundreds and thousands of people that they provide, sometimes shared 401k, you know, like they'll add to percentages, health care, a steady paycheck, a retirement. Uh, you know, benefits, then if you lose those big corporations, then you're not going to be having the great level of employment that we have even higher than uh, after the last administration, um, even with the COVID. It's it's come back. Our, our stock markets are better than ever, um, you, you know, so... I, I just have to impress upon people to just do your own research. Do your own research. You might not like the guy, the, the big corporate wit, big wigs that have all that money, but try to think about what they're doing to keep the money in America and to give people employment that actually do really appreciate their jobs and their careers. You can live the American dream. Uh, David, I appreciate your calling, and, you know, I don't want to get off topic because of what this is all about. Um, but do you have a loved one in uh, in Oklahoma in, in the system? Uh, no, ma'am, but I've traveled through Oklahoma several times. It's a beautiful place. And I know you guys have some issues. It, it really travel. is. Well, feel free to contact me, to message me on my page, Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed, Facebook page. I'd love to hear more from you. Uh, we need to move on uh, to a different topic, yes, you know, for the show. Right. You know, I might have made a lot Thank of you, enemies, ma'am. but hopefully yeah, I opened some minds. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you. Yeah, I try, I, I try to keep politics out of it. Um, you know, I have a lot of people that beat on me sometimes uh, from the same – advocacy network are only a few actually that um uh that um you know i'm i'm advocating for i'm fighting for and i i just don't quite understand it but um but we're all entitled to our own opinions how we present those opinions and having an open mind is really important and do our research do our research because <laughs> this really matters so you know i never will judge or bully anybody for making their decisions i just hope and ask that you do your research um go beyond where you're used to going to just look on the other side look somewhere else don't go to fox 
get deep. Don't go to CNN. Don't go to, you know, any of those, you know, bias. Just do your own research. Get deeper. Dig deeper. This is truly a tough, tough time. And uh, there's better social justice. There's better um, criminal justice reform than there has been in God knows how many years right now. But God also, but we also know there's a whole lot more that needs to be done. A whole lot more. So it's still not a great success story, but there's a whole lot more that needs to be done. Um, and we've got a governor that's, in my opinion, put a blindfold on. Uh, he's not everything mm-hmm. he said he was going to be. We have got an attorney general that is as corrupt as it can possibly imagine over there. And, and you know what? The one prior to, he was too. He was too. Just pass the torch. Just patch the torch. Once he was admitted into the administration and booted out as well, thank goodness, uh, pass the torch. Um, and who was that? Was that Scott? Was that Pruitt? Before Hunter? Anybody with me? I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm okay. <laughs> Are you going through papers? Okay. All right. Um, All right. I was actually looking through some of my uh, messages uh, before we got this caller. But who do you guys have, um, or who? What information can you share? Again, uh, we're taking calls nine one seven three eight eight four five two zero. Press number one when the system picks up. Um, I would like to say um, everybody needs to go out and vote for House Bill 805. <laughs> That's coming up. That's very important. We give, need why that. Why don't you give your opinion on that and, and bring out the pros and cons that you've learned about with it. Uh, there's so much misinformation being put on the web about it. Actually, okay. I was yeah, on um, there's a group, and it says, no, on 8.05, I've been back and forth on their post all day today, that they think murderers and all kind of people are going to be released, which is not true. So just, I really would like for people to really read it, understand what it's for. It'll stop so much enhanced sentencing and... We need it. Well, you, you, you have know, nine not... nonviolent offenders that are getting, you know, first-time nonviolent offenders, um, you know, like, for instance, I brought this up a few times. Um, you know, you've got somebody got who got 25 years for, you know, a stolen car. Like now, my son. Stolen like... car, is, is that a big deal to go out and steal a car? Yeah, it is. But now how how is that person going to be rehabilitated? And in this instance, you know, this is what, you know, and I don't know, uh, you know, I had read some negative stuff about it. I thought that that was pretty clear. And then there's a lot of positive stuff about it. But I, um, you know, I haven't spent a ton ton of time on it. Uh, But, you know, but there are reasons why it could be really good. And I also think there are some reasons why it's not so good. But... Um, I just wish that they would do a better job with it, you know, break it up into I mean, different 
for me, this, this is my opinion. Somebody who has a drug problem needs rehab. They're yes, not getting rehab in a prison. They're getting thrown into a system that is where there's more drugs in there than there are out here. So how is that rehabilitating them? More readily accessible. Yes. And and how's it getting in there? <laughs> we already know that answer. Right. There might be some people that are I'll say it. I'll time. say it. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it, it's just, I do think this this bill is good for certain offenses, but it's not for others. Like you said, it has its pros and its cons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and well, somebody who has a drug problem. Forward. Sometimes yeah. bills are brought forward and they're totally rearranged by the time they become a law. And, you know, this is where people need to contact, you know, their local, their, their senators, their legislators, their representatives, you know, well, at this point it's in the Senate. You know, to, you know, let your opinion be known. Ask that it be, that it be reformed or that they work with it, that if you agree on certain aspects of it um, and you don't with others, ask that it be, you know, worked with more. I mean, why is this this one big all-in-one package? You know, to me, that's kind of like, you know, just I know we need big change, but you have to be careful about, that changed too. Like in New York, let's take a look at New York. In New York, where I am this moment, um, it is absolutely crazy now what you can get away with doing um, as an offender. I mean, you can be better off being a criminal. And, and I mean, we're talking about pedophilia. You get out. We're talking about uh, I, I mean, we're talking about horrific. And my, one of my sons took a class on, uh, you know, just, um, on this, what it was before and what it is now. And what you, people can just go right into like a Walmart and, and just steal like up to X dollars of money of, uh, of, of goods and they get back out. You can keep doing that. You can keep doing that. So, you know, so it's more lucrative to become a criminal. You don't get put away. I mean, those things are crazy. That's nuts. There's all kinds Mm -hmm. of things in New York that, you know, they've got uh, domestic violence people. You know, the next day they come out and they kill their girlfriend. That happened the day after these new laws were enacted. And, and, And did that shake anybody up? No. No. People are being lazy. People are being lazy, and you have to be thoughtful and and make it so that not everything is across the board. You know, stop being lazy. Stop being lazy, people. Do your job. I'm saying that about about our lawmakers. Do your job. Don't make these blanket situations. And I know we don't want to leave all the discretion to dirty judges, too, the ones that are, and prosecutors, okay? I understand that. It's a huge issue. But um, people need to speak up and speak out. They really do. Email, email, email those who represent you. You got them there. Email them. Contact them. Knock on their doors. Make them listen. 
It's just like yeah, like what? Yep. And just like with these ankle bracelets, again, that they're going to mandatory, we have to speak up. This is putting inmates' lives in danger. It's not safe for them. And we have to do something about it. We have to. Right. 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 Well, see, this is okay. So, Tina, like, uh, right? I mean, we we knew. We found out. Um, and this is all three, you know, are very well aware of um, this affidavit that came out from Michael Carpenter, who is the chief executive officer of the Department of Corrections in Oklahoma, that said this will only be, this will be voluntary um, as a pilot program, and it was supposed to start October 1st. Of this year, uh, then it was then it was the 16th. I remember, it got moved and to the 16th. I think it was. I I don't know if that was. I never saw anything in in regard to that from the ODOC. I well, I do because when I watched um, the board meeting the other day, Crow said that okay. himself that it was supposed to start on the. I think it was either the 15th or the 16th. I haven't gotten through that. that was out of his. <laughs> Girl, okay, I watched so, the whole four hours. I know, and you sent a great summary, and I only got through part of it so far. So, I'm so glad that you you did. So now uh, it's going from being. So I think that affidavit is as good as nothing. You want to know why? I don't think they're going to call it a pilot program anymore. So you can you can change what how it's being um, how it is being implemented. Don't call the private uh, a pilot program. All right, and now right. it is mandatory. How can they get away with it? Because nobody's holding them accountable. What does this mean? Exactly. People, what does this mean? Ah, could it mean? Tina, Tina, what do you think it means? I still think they're putting inmates' lives at risk. I think they're putting guards' lives at risk. Mm-hmm. There's you know, people who don't want this program implemented. And those people are willing to fight for what they want, what they believe. It's that simple. DOC makes one bad decision after another. And they keep taking and taking and taking. And when you take from people who have nothing left to take, they have nothing left to lose. Exactly. Does that make sense? So what do people do who have nothing left to lose? They fight back. It's common sense. You don't need, (laughs) it's not rocket science. It's common sense. And DOC consistently over the years has just made bad decisions. They don't care about corrections. They don't care that these are human beings who have family. They don't care that their family's out here waiting for them, hoping that they come home in one piece. DOC They just don't care. DOC only cares about their employees. 
That's it. Well, see, the thing well, is, okay, so let's even... talk about, let's talk a little bit about the issue with um, with these bracelets, all right? Um, and, and, and once we move on, I've got some, you know, messages that I'm going to share that, you know, from anonymous, you know, as anonymous, even though I know where they are and who sent them to me. But let's just let's just sh- let's just talk about. Okay, so we know that um, that as offenders, they are sentenced, uh, and their sentence does not include. Oh, you can have your cell phone. You can you can um, you can smoke weed. You can uh, do all that stuff, right? It doesn't include mm-hmm. that. That is pr- absolutely prohibited. Okay. So it's prohibited. Well, it's also prohibited that the corrections officers and staff do not uh, use them while they are, you know, within range of uh, of um, other inmates and whatnot. And that's at at the very least, okay? Um, well, but, yeah, it's contraband. They're not even supposed to bring their cell phones in. Right. So. Um, Okay, so you know what? They're sneaking them in because they want to be able to watch something and fall asleep, you know, when they're supposed to be doing the rounds or when they're supposed to, you know, make sure that somebody hasn't hung themselves and, and is um and, and their bodies are, you know, just, uh, you know, hard after it's been more than a couple hours, as we've heard and seen on a video that James Larrick had actually um, shared uh, when uh, – uh, a senior corrections officer was, well, it might have been the warden actually, I think, was uh, jokingly but still reprimanding um, some of the guards for uh, waiting so long to do the rounds because it looks bad for them. It looks bad for them if the bodies have already gotten hard once somebody's died, okay? Well, maybe somebody wouldn't have died. Maybe somebody's life would have been uh, saved uh, if they were actually doing their jobs, right? Well, okay, so let's talk about that. We have got a range, a wide array of people behind bars, okay? We have a wide array of offenses that have been committed, um, you know, from, you know, murder in the first degree, second, to, you know, to uh, smoking a big bogey, having, having a big bogey, okay, you know, like a big joint, all right? Um, these people are mixed together in a lot of instances. They're mixed together. We've got pedophiles. Maybe we care a little bit less about what happens to them, but still not right, um, you know, to – I mean, yeah, believe it or not, yes, they still have their rights. Um Yes, you know, right? That's funny. Um, but uh, they still have their rights. We have people that are actually over-sentenced, and there are people that are actually wrongfully convicted. And so the whole blanket thing is, well, you know, they get what they deserve. Well, what they deserve is a fair trial, fair sentencing, not over-sentencing. What they deserve is a prosecutor, a prosecutor in the cases where it's not a good one, 
uh, and a judge and a public defender or, or defense lawyer that is going to do the right thing by doing their job to its fullest, everybody in their own roles. Oh, but they're all paid from the same people, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So they sit together, they conspire, we're going to get this over with, let's hit the golf course. Uh, you, you know, what's, there to, what's in it for them? If you think this is not about power and money, you're dead wrong, people. If you think that a person's life behind bars isn't worth anything, you're dead wrong, people. Don't think if that's your automatic response. Then you just don't think. I know I'm probably preaching, uh, preaching mostly to the choir. So, you know, the justice system was set up just to do what it's doing. To fail the people, to make money off them, and to keep them in the system. Yeah, uh, and they want to keep, you know, uh, the prosecutor wants to get reelected. Okay, a lot of times this year, this is a reelection year when you have wrongful convictions happening. Okay, it's a reelection year, and they need to calm the public. Oh, we got them, we got them, we got them. And yet there's exculpatory evidence that would prove beyond a preponderance of a doubt that you don't have them. That you don't have them. But they don't want the public to know that. And so your life is sacrificed because of it. That could happen sadly to anybody. So it's important to care about people doesn't mean you have to go in and, you know, you know, however little or however much. But it's really important just to not make these blanket statements. You are dealing with open <laughs> Um Yeah, so when inmates want to make a complaint, they have learned through this whole Pavlov's dog theory, okay, they're retaliated. Against when they want to complain, they're retaliated against. Something's taken away from them. They're thrown into segregate into a you know a, a, a cell in the dungeon, more or less. You know, probably worse than what you see in some cases on TV. Um, they're abused. I'm not saying every, every this happens everywhere all the time, but as a rule, a rule, not the exception to the rule, it's happening, and that's why. That's why they don't make complaints. And so you get people to have phones. They want to talk to their loved ones because they want to have somebody to talk to. They want to complain to their loved ones, right, without being listened in on and being retaliated against. You see where I'm going, people? See where I'm going? That being said, there are those also that are dealing drugs using their phones. But once again, this is not an across-the-board answer right now by removing or by having these GPS uh, monitoring bracelets. You need to hold accountable Oklahoma Department of Corrections where the majority of the contraband is coming through. Geez, you know, somebody quits drinking, right? 
So, uh, you know, they really want to stop drinking, okay? They're an alcoholic. They really want to stop drinking. And yet every day or every other day or once a week, whatever it is, you got somebody coming in there and putting that alcohol right underneath your nose. What's going to happen? You know? Oh, yeah. And then you're willing to pay for it. And then they get some money for it. Oh, yeah, and they're dealing drugs. I mean, this is a coup that is going on, and they have got so many people fooled, and they have got so many advertisements that are calling these things that are going on rumors. They're not rumors. Mm-hmm. You know, I am. It really is. I'm currently working together on putting a rally together for the Lawton Four. It's going to be sometime in March. I'm looking at March 20th. But all four of them been either wrongfully accused or excessive sentencing. Yes. It's Michael Gaines, Jorge Bravo, Mark West, and Stanley Watson. All four out of Lawton. Yes. I believe we're going to have Mark West on this Tuesday. For anybody oh, okay. who's listening, we've had uh, two of the others, and then we need to get Jorge on as well. And, and um, oh, um, I can talk to him. Yeah, well, we've got Melissa Hurry, and uh, I know who knows him very well and the case very well, and she is a um, she's an expert as well in um, conviction integrity units. Um, so yeah, I mean, we need to. I've just. I lost track of time. There was the, these other things that were going on. Um, and, and so, you know, we need to get back on that as we started um, last Sunday. Um, well, good. Yeah. So, like I said, look, uh, everybody look forward Tuesday. to March. There will be a, a rally in Lawton for them. Excellent. Excellent. Um, is that going to welcome uh, attention to anybody else in Comanche County? As well, because Lawton's in um, Comanche County. Yes. Um, if anybody has a loved one that has excessive sentencing or something, please reach out to me. Um, I will. Any, it's, for, it's for everybody. It's not just about them four. It's for everybody, but they are the four main focuses in Lawton. So that's why mm-hmm. I picked the Dillon in Lawton. But it is going well, to sure. be on. You know, you know what we found out is that there, you have a lot of the overlapping same people um, that are yes. involved. You know, like Ken Sue Dorfel, she's one. You know, she's a defense attorney. Um, she's a joke. Um, and then we've got, you know, Bob Macy, Joyce Gilchrist, I believe. So, or is that mm-hmm. Oklahoma? Yeah, okay, no, I think so. Uh, I think uh, so we really Oklahoma. got, yeah. Um, laid out some pretty interesting facts about, um, you know, that the law and four have already connected for sure. Um, and there are more, and there are more um, that have shown up as a result of, of um, these shows too. So it's really important to, um, you know, the, the stronger, um, the more people that unite together for the same, you know, kinds of things that are happening, um, with the same, you know, county, the same players or some overlapping players, the stronger your case is going to be and um, and the more chances of things going better, um, you, you know, to help all will be. 
Yes. <coughs> yes, I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to doing this rally. Well, good for you. Good, good for you. Um, that's that's good for you. That's awesome. Well, you have to definitely keep us posted on that. I sure will. Okay. Like so I said, we'll, I'm just we'll in the beginning. I'm just in the beginning stages of planning. So once I get everything worked out, it's going to be posted everywhere. <laughs> so the lines might be a little quiet tonight, but um, we'll ask again. Nine one seven three eight eight four five two zero. Press the number one. Nine one seven three eight eight four five two zero. Press the number one. Uh, if you would like to uh, comment or if you have a question. Um, I know that I looked at, I'd like to read. I set aside some information that I'm interested in sharing. Okay. Uh, so I, w- I do have an update. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I do have an no, update. No, 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 please do. On the what's going on with the um the property lady selling her stuff at a thrift store. Okay, so I did. All right, so yes, tell tell the brief, I did find tell out the brief um, that, summary of what this is about for anybody who didn't hear. Yes, we have a lady who runs a property room who. It hasn't been given property to the inmates, and she's selling the electronic stuff at her thrift store. Well, I did find the proof that she does own a thrift store. I know what thrift store it is now. Oh, good for you. I do have somebody, yes, I do have somebody that is going to take a trip there this week to see if we can find some of the inmates' items there to get pictures. Mm-hmm. So it's still a progress. <laughs> But I am on it. So hopefully they're not. And it's not over yet. Or just get to her. (laughs) (laughs) But that's good. Yes. So um, stay tuned for an update on this because I do believe that we will find items there. Mm -hmm. Well, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Okay. Uh, So I'm as much as I hate it, but I'm excited about it. I'm so excited to 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 bust this lady, and hopefully she yeah. will lose her job over this. Yeah, hopefully hopefully she will. <laughs> There's some nepotism going on there because anybody who gives her a hard time, apparently for um, not wanting her to take the things or asking for it to be returned, um, they're being um, punished. Denied commissary uh, by, because who works at the commissary? Her daughter. Mhm. So mom and daughter are partners inside. So yep. yeah, stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> We're going to be exposing two employees. Well, well they so need to go to jail. They need to go to jail for theft. I don't know. I will have to, like, actually talk to a lawyer about that because technically the warden knows that it's going on. Employees know it's going on. The warden is letting her take the the property off the property 
So because technically it's DOC's property, I don't know if it's. Well, yeah, we have to really look property. Yeah, we. I still need to look into that and see how it falls under. You know what I mean? Because that's a. That would be ridiculous. They can tour, turn the yeah. rule on and turn the rule off. They're applying to their needs. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Pretty much. Audiovisual <laughs> cameras. Uh, doc.ok.gov. Audiovisual cameras. Now listen to this. Um, kind of blows my mind that um, they'll be maintained in all maximum, medium, and minimum security uh, facilities. All use of force incidents will be filmed to include medical examination of involved inmates and staff and placement of inmates in secure housing. Filming will not unnecessarily invade privacy and will only be used to document behavior and or injuries. Well, and see now, this is this is a thing. <laughs> so this is in doc.ok.gov. Now, I understand there's certain privacy things like using the bathroom and whatnot, but any common areas and any areas um, that uh, I just... <laughs> I bet you if you ask the inmates if they would like to be, if they'd rather be filmed going to the bathroom than enduring the abuse that goes on, I bet you they'll say yeah, because then guess what? Then the abuse has to end, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? So go they for it. You strip down all the time anyway. Yep, yep. Um <laughs> So, uh, to me, uh, there's just all these little loopholes, but also some that aren't loopholes, because if abuse is going on, that's criminal, okay? Um, You absolutely have the right to use force, if you're a corrections officer, as necessary, but there are prongs that need to be met. And it's he said, she said. If nobody else sees it. And so, of course, that correction officer that is uh, tripling, quadrupling his salary probably every year or hers um, by supplying contraband or whatever, or just getting kicks off of being sadistic, sadistic and bullying, raping, depriving. um, horrifying. So, so you know, if if it comes down to one word after the other, whose word is right? Well, I mean, isn't it time to really investigate? You know, as an attorney general who investigates for grand juries uh, said to me just a few weeks ago, "Oh, it's their own little world." I'm trying to think of the words uh, exactly. I did I did record it. Everybody knows this is going on. It's been going on for ages. It's its own world. That's, um, there's a different way that he put it, but it was clear that it was just like, look. He also did say if he had a magic wand, nobody would be bringing in contraband and everything would be okay. All right? So, okay. Um, but guess what? Just because everybody knows, that should be the reason to stop. Even if everybody didn't know, shouldn't that be the reason to stop? Oh, this is just the environment, what, what happens in prisons. Oh, okay, so it's acceptable. Guards 
corrections officers to go in and beat people up just because they felt like it to put you in your place so that you're not a troublemaker when you're transferred? Or for whatever reason, maybe his wife was mad at him, came in and took it out on somebody else, right? Who knows? But the point is it's not okay. 917-388-4520. Press 1. Do you have a comment or question? Uh, we lost your person, right, Emily? You said what? I'm sorry. We lost your person, right? They're not back. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know what's going on over there. Okay. But yeah, Fair. we lost them. Okay. Um, let, me, let me try to hit them up real quick. That's fine. So. Tina, what are your sites right now? And I know we're working on things together. <laughs> Can't wait to have you uh, here and um, for us to uh, move our momentum. Uh, but, uh, in the meantime, actually, we have Amanda. On um, Amanda, you're live. Thank you for calling. Thank you, ladies, for doing what you guys do. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for a lot of families, like I, I was listening to earlier, is the whole retaliation thing. Like, I know my loved one does not want me to get involved a whole lot with a whole lot of things because of the retaliation on him. And I think, you know, I don't know how we're going to have to deal with that issue, but I think that's the biggest fear for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Well, Amanda, you're you're welcome to... I was just going to ask, has he been retaliated against before? Yes. In fact, not too long ago. Can I ask why? Information without giving them away. Um. Okay. So my LO, he has um, schizophrenia. He got um, excessive stealing or excessive sentencing for stealing a car because he had priors. The reason behind stealing this car was due to um, undiagnosed mental illness. That was before he found out that he was schizophrenic. Well, when he was sentenced, um, he had the documentation where he had just found out, you know, that he was schizophrenic and everything. And DA wouldn't even take it. Not at all. She wanted to give him life for stealing the car. Well, he managed to plea down to um, 15 years with five years probation. Anyway, for stealing a car, car, yes, because of his priors, his other priors. Okay. Which were car theft. Well, possession of stolen property. Anyway, so he got moved from Connors. He was at Connors originally, and then he got moved to GEO Lawton. 
and um, back first part of July. Now he takes meds, and when he's on medication, nicest guy you'll ever meet. He'll do, he'll help anybody. You know, he'll give a shirt off his back to help somebody. So he's got a mental illness, so he and that's he, yeah. causing his problems. Yes, which they have his paperwork stating he is a schizophrenic. They decide one day back in July to take him off his medication. And, you know, he was telling me about it. And he was like, man, I'm having a hard time. He said, I keep telling him I need to seek medical. I ain't seeing anybody. You know, they won't tell me why they uh, they quit giving me my meds. And, and I could tell as time be- progressed that he was starting to kind of, you know, lose it a little bit. Telling him, you know, just... Sit back, breathe, just remember, you know, what you think you're thinking, you know, isn't real. You know, just try to try to cope, keep asking to go to medical. Well, um, three weeks in, um, about his third week off of his medication, he had a breaking point. He went up to whoever passes out the medication and was like, am I going to get my medication again? And they was just like... No, um, tough luck, you know, don't know what to tell you. We're, you're not on the list to get any meds, period. Sorry about today. Well, so he been, which, and he's not even this kind of guy. Like, I mean, I've never seen, because I've known him for a while. And um, he takes a razor blade right there in front of everybody and just starts, you know, slicing himself trying to get to medical, try, you know, trying to get help. And um, so in, instead, they get snatch him up, take him to SEG, stick him in SEG. They give him his medication in the fourth week, because this happened going into the fourth week of no medication. They give him his medication two days and then cut him off again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so at this point in time, he was still, he was in SEG, but he was still getting to call me. And so he tells me, he was like, man, he said, they gave me my meds for two days. He was like, but then they cut me off. They won't tell me why. At this point, they still would not tell him why. So I get on the phone, start calling the governor's office, start emailing representatives, everybody, Nobody knew anything, and we're into mid-August at this point, and so mid-August, they come out with this story that, well, the reason why they cut him off of his medication was because he refused medical. And how likely is that? Was he taking his medication not fairly faithfully. I mean, obviously he, you know, committed yeah, a crime. The, you know, yeah. On the outside here, he was, I mean, adamant about taking his medication. Okay. Uh, because I mean, he was just—he was trying to be a better person. And like I said, when when he realized, you know, that the stuff that he was thinking in his head wasn't real, and you know, he was on his medication. Like I said, I mean, nice guy. He'd help. He'd go out of his way to help somebody. So he was right. very religious about taking his medication. And Mm-mm. so when Lawton come out with that story, all the help that I was getting for him on the outside here 
stopped because, well, they said that he refused medical, so that's that's got to be the truth. You know, no matter what he says, you know, that's, he's he's lying. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? Like, they're going to let him refuse that? They, they'll, 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 you know, these people will make you do whatever they want you to do. Um, so that's a joke, you know. Yeah. And, and after, I'm guessing after they got talked to by higher ups, maybe because it got to the point where I even threatened a lawyer. I called um, GEO's head office and told them, yeah. you know, they were violating his civil rights. They know he has a mental illness. And as soon as I threatened to get a lawyer on it, they dropped him from a level four down to a level one and cut him off his phone. Oh, my gosh. So that means he had the highest uh, privileges and he went to the, the, the least other than, what is it, X, I think? Because be, All because they cut him off of his medication. Uh, well, I'm, I'm reading an article right now. It's in front of me. Um, here's the conclusion of cold turkey off of uh, schizophrenia uh, medication. Discontinu- discontinuing treatment may lead to exacerbation of symptoms and undermining therapeutic process. Um, in these studies, poor response to treatment, worsening of underlying psychiatric systems, and to a lesser extent, intolerability to, uh, to medication were the primary, but he had already been taking it, so he was able to tolerate it, correct? Um, they're yep. saying that you just do not go cold turkey, that that can just cause, like, really bad problems. Stop yeah, and psychotic treatment. Yeah. And, you know, what gets I'm, me is they wouldn't even tell him, they would not tell him why they cut him off. And he'd been yeah. begging them for days. I and, know, you know this case, I yeah, actually emailed the warden myself, and uh, I got no response on this at all. I never did either. Well, um, you, you're welcome to let me know as media. I can, I can uh, hopefully penetrate through. Um, and sometimes that works. Tina, has that worked before helping out with a few situations? It has definitely. Helped. When I've made phone calls, <laughs> sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, when you call about about her husband's case, you're not going to get any answers. I done tried everything. Yeah, I mean, so I, maybe... I have done through hoops, <laughs> have done everything. Well, we need an affidavit of that, okay? Um, I'm so sorry. And uh, and his situation now, he's still well. He's still insane. Um, and saying that was like he was also because he does have Hep C, so he was actually approved for hep C treatment as well. And he's been in since August of last year, has not even gotten started on treatment for that because Lawton told me they do not treat them down there. That they have that's to a lie. That's a lie. Because after I've been told that through, through either private prisons or state prisons, I mean, that's a lie. It's a flat-out lie. Well, they might not treat them. But they are obligated to treat them. Okay, let's and put it that way. They're obligated. Not, does not have the treatment there. They're supposed to. There is supposed to be treatment provided. And then um, part of his um, when he pled guilty on when he when he pleaded, 
Um, part of the plan was he was also supposed to get um, to take the drug and alcohol program as as well. He has to have that completed by October of next year because he goes up for a review October of next year. He hasn't even got to start that. Come to find out, Lawton don't even offer that program. So DOC stuck him in a place that offers him nothing that he needs to have completed. <laughs> yep. Um, I, 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 I'm I'm so sorry, and you, you know this is uh, like I've been preaching. Um, the best way to get this forward is, you know, and we're moving on getting this forward, okay? This is not a long-term process. Right now we look at it as an emergent process. Right, Tina? Um, And uh, the best way to make something happen is obviously you've got to do what you need to do and you need to go through those protocols. You need to make a record phone calls. Record those phone calls. I, I strongly suggest you record those phone calls where they're denying you and send them to me, please. Okay? You record and those. I'll tell you, I, I was, and when she came to me with this story, and I, I found out that he was thrown in the safe because he reacted to the guards. Well, of course he reacted. The man hasn't been on his psych meds. And so yeah, you, you throw him and say because you guys yeah. stopped his medicine, you know, like yeah, it's, it's DOC's right. fault, right? So, here, here we've got listen, okay, cruelty to prisoners. Obviously, we need to uh, look further into what is considered cruelty to prisoners, but that is when you look up. Um, the Oklahoma, uh, I mean, when you look up, not Oklahoma, but constitutional rights for prisoners, okay? They have their own set of constitutional rights. They don't have the same, whether they're innocent or not, okay? We understand that. That's a different fight, all right? But they don't have the same rights as you and me on the outside, okay? But they do have rights, okay? Uh, penalty for cruelty to prisoners. Now, this is okay, Senate.gov, once again. This is uh, 57-9. If an officer, if any officer or other person treats any prisoner in a cruel or inhuman manner, he shall be punished by a fine not exceeding $1,000 or by imprisonment in the county jail not exceeding 12 months or by both such fine and imprisonment. Okay. Um, if so, I wonder how many years and how many thousands are just sitting out there in nowhere land, okay? Protection from annoyance. Penalty for annoying prisoners. The officer having such prisoner in charge shall protect him from insult and annoyance and communication with others while at labor and in going to and returning the same, okay? Um uh, and any person persisting in in, insulting or annoying or communicating uh, with any uh, uh, with any prisoner after being first commanded by such officer to desist shall be punished by 
uh, a fine not exceeding $10 or by imprisonment not exceeding three days. Um, okay, so but when this is when this is going on, so you know when this is going on um, by the corrections officers themselves, you know. <laughs> okay, so they're letting themselves and other inmates go pretty easy on that one, right? I, I but I just really want to know when we're well, looking at like my concern too is I mean, and it's not just for mine; it's right. for. Any of these other guys that have these mental illness, how if they're doing this to mine? This how there many people that go in there without really mental see. illness and they go and they get it going in there because of this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, he has never set himself like that. He's never been that kind of guy, and for him just to get to the breaking point where. That was happening, you know. That's you know something's wrong, and and, and I mean, d- don't give up. Please don't give up. Please send a recording. Please send a, a, a diary of what you have attempted to do. Um, please get in touch with your uh, with your representatives. Please get in touch with the governor. Please get in touch with uh, with the attorney general's office. And when they don't get back to you. Make note of that. Please send me that information. I bet you already have a bunch of it. Please. Yeah. We need this information to, uh, you know, I mean, to me, I think the coffin has already, you know, been, you know, they've nailed their own coffin already. But, you know, as when we had Ricky Oscar Williams on, he says, you know what, the squeaky wheel gets the grease because, you you know what, you, you just ultimately and I can't say to follow that suggestion. I, I would never do that with anybody. You have to make your own decisions. Um, but I am well aware of others that are suffering from mental illness in there that are getting abused, that aren't being treated, that aren't being given their medication. I mean, this is, I've heard this a number of times. Um, so it's not a fluke, and that's bittersweet. It's not a fluke. So that means that there are there are other people that are saying the same thing. And, and so that's yep. really good. That's really good. Contraband. Contraband in jails or penal institutions. And please go to ok.senate.gov, 57-21. Uh, I'd like to read it, but I'm not going to take the time to do that because, um, you know, I've got uh, not safe at all. Are you allowed to blah, blah. Okay, I'm getting, I've got some information on um, uh, somebody oh, about the COVID not, crisis. Go ahead. Not only, did they, not only did they cut him off of his phone privileges when they dropped him to a level one, they cut him off of his fo- uh, food commissary. So, like, he can't even order food. Right. So he's stuck, you know, eating maggoty or real super nasty food. And that's why he tells me all the time. He's like, man, I'm so hungry. He said, what? He's so hungry. (sighs) So when you're at a level one, you cannot even provide anything for him to eat other than strictly commissary. He don't get food. I mean, strictly, uh, forgive me, but the kitchen is. He, He got moved to Lawton in February of this year. He was 270 pounds in February. 
Um, as of July, he he had went from 270 to 220. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I really want to hear. I, I, I really am hoping that you can document that. And Emily, if you want to help her with that at all, or you sound like you're very capable. Um, and this is here, this is another situation, a lot and okay. Um, this woman's son was uh, COVID tested a week before he had court. And uh, I got this update uh, October 13th, okay? So just a few days ago. Um, he went to court, he went to court, assumed all was well. And Doc would, uh, Doc would be able to get him to go back into Lawton. Well, today they show up and get him, uh, to get him, and he was told to go back to his cell because he has COVID and can't leave for two weeks. They took him back the cell, uh, to the cell he came from, no mask, no hot water, no distancing, no explanation as to why he didn't have it last Wednesday and hasn't been tested again, but all of a sudden he's positive. It's crazy stuff. He needs out of that place. I don't, I don't know how he will ever get over it if he isn't, if, uh, get over it if he isn't at least quarantined or at least told he has it. Um, I'm so frustrated. I don't know what to do or who to call. All right, and so we continue that conversation a little bit and uh, something also that I need to follow up on. Um, Let's see what else. Well, I mean, and I know they're still moving um, guys in and out of Lawton um, because mine's um, Selly was moved just like two weeks ago. He got him a new Selly like two weeks ago because they had moved his shipped his the one he had out to another facility. Mm-mm. Listen, we've got two minutes. Two minutes. I've got some uh, somebody else here that I have to get back to. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, this message. I'm going to read this. I was just curious if uh, I live in uh, Southeast Oklahoma. I'm targeted severely by public servants and people that have been coerced by federal and local municipality. Do you all have any idea um, what to do? Um, it's a bad situation, people. We have a um, bad situation. Emily, I want to thank you uh, for coming on again and for um, bringing some of these uh, callers into us. Really, really appreciate it. I'm sorry that um, we weren't able to uh, connect with the one that you had when we first started up. Uh, keep up the good work. Keep us updated on that uh, one matter with the thrift store theft uh, from the prison. And... Um, and uh, the rally, uh, Tina, uh, we've got um, some wrapping things up to do. And um, you have any last words? I've got about another. I've got about another minute uh, and a half. So, uh, Tina, what do you have to say? I just want to say thank you to the callers and Emily, Stephen Burke. Um, we appreciate you all. That's all. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for calling. 
to our callers. Thank you, David. Thank you, Amanda. Um, just uh, really appreciate everybody's contributions. And um, uh, I know we're looking for uh, volunteers throughout Oklahoma, so contact Tina as well, Tina Gertz, at um, OK Incarcerated. One word, OK Incarcerated. OK Incarcerated, not OK Y, at yahoo.com and myself. Uh, injustice in Oklahoma at gmail.com. I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host of Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio. Please join me on Tuesday night uh, at uh, the same time where we have another show, and we're looking at Lawton, folks. We're looking at Lawton. Stay strong, be true, God bless, good night.